Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech remix episode where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. What's up? My name is Alex Marcia. I'm a YouTuber and a member of Creator Now, and I make lifestyle vlogs. So when I posted my first video of Creator Now, that went wild and I did not expect it to blow up. So at that point I was like, okay, Creator Now is actually taking this pretty seriously. I can communicate with everybody. With my YouTube channel, I post vlogs, but I try to mix challenges and pranks into them. So I try to make it flow. I try to keep the viewer in the video and not to click off. A lot of people, especially uh, when I was in school. I graduated last year in 2020. A lot of people believed that I had more subscribers than what I have, and that motivated me the most. I've been struggled to uh, keep myself consistent because of school work, but I did quit my job. I'm not in school anymore, so I have no more excuses to just make it to the top. I do believe that I can make this a full-time job. I just have to put the work in. And you had a crazy story with your teacher or your counselor, right? Can you share that? And it led to Creator Now. So can you share? Let's start from the beginning of sharing that story. Okay, so I was in class. It was an English class. And we're talking about college. And I was asked, what do I want to do when I grow up? And I said, I want to be an influencer. I want to make, I want to make films. I want to do all these big things that seem impossible. And the way she said it, she said it in these exact words, you're not going to be able to do that. You have to go to college. You have to find a real job. And I told her, this is a real job. This is something I want to do. And she didn't believe me. And the next day, I went to her office and we talked about what college I want to go to. I went to the orientation. And next day, I dropped out. I uh, canceled to go there. I told her I'm going to do this and she does see my videos now and she truly believes that I can do it now. And if I remember you were sharing when we were chatting in the group that she apologized to you. Yeah. She uh, sent me an email saying, I saw your recent video, not the video I posted last week. This was like uh, my 2020 video. And she completely apologized saying that she believes in me, that I can do this, that she's sorry for making me get a real job and She's seen a lot of people make this a real job. So that motivated me a little bit more. And how did you discover ARAC? Where were you in your YouTube journey at that time? 
I was about 600 subscribers in, and when he posted a video about sneaking into a Jake Paul fight, I believe it was, that's when I was like, this guy's cool. I want to see more. So I hit that subscribe button. And I was like, and now I'm here, Creator Now. <laughs> and how did you find Creator Now? Through Iraq, when he posted a video a couple days ago, a couple weeks ago. Did you know right away, or how did you know this was the right thing for you? Once he said what he wanted to do with Creator Now, it was just like, wow, this is huge. This could be a huge thing in the future. And especially at being the first class, I wanted to be there first thing. Hey, my name is Haley Hamer. I am a product owner at Healthcare Finance Direct, a healthcare fintech crossover startup in Bakersfield. I found my love for technology in college. Um, I was going to be a math major, big old math nerd, you know the vibes, but um, took a computer science class as an elective and absolutely fell in love with programming and creating and logic. And I was just absolutely overwhelmed by the potential that it had. And so I switched my major to computer science, jumped into the coding world, kind of jumped around the tech industry more or less in my different positions. I've been a developer I've been a data analyst, and now I work as a product owner at a fintech healthcare startup. And I'm just loving it, learning new things every day and, you know, trying to find some time to do some fun stuff in between. Love to do yoga, cook, hike, all the good stuff. So before we started recording, you had mentioned that you recently created a course. Tell us a little bit about the course you created, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, yeah, not at all. Guard. Not <laughs> at all. No, absolutely. I'll totally talk about it. So back when I was still working in data, I worked with a really cool company called Dumb Blonde Data. Super cute name. That is um, and I filmed an intro to sequel course. And I actually centered it all around Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift lyrics Stop. and Taylor Swift data. Yeah, it was so much fun. I had an amazing time. And it was my first time ever really like being on camera like that. And so it was a really big learning experience, but I had a blast. Do you know the creative and named Puno? She's so cool. She goes by Puno Puno. She has no. a company called I Love Creatives. Her no. video editing is legit, like nothing I've ever seen before. It's Ooh. the most unique video. And I feel like you're Taylor Swift unique approach to something where you wouldn't think the two and two to go, go together. Like I can't even describe her editing. It is so rare and unique. And I feel like that's what your coding experience <laughs> is with Taylor Swift. Like I can't, yeah. I have to see it to truly like understand. Yeah. It was pretty fun. And now I'm interested in this girl. I have to go check her out now. Tell us, like, when did you first become interested in tech? I know that you were mentioning math and kind of what happened once you already were interested, but where did the first spark come from? Yeah, so it's actually pretty funny. I feel like growing up, technology wasn't really on my radar. We had one family computer when I was a kid, which is pretty weird considering that I'm relatively young, right? It's not like I was before the computer times. It just wasn't really our thing as a family. So yeah, I didn't really... Yeah, I, I no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was good. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't really on my radar much. And I, I remember taking a, or participating in a program at my college, probably my senior year of high school. And I started messing with MATLAB. And looking back, I don't think I realized what it actually was or how much power like 
MATLAB holds and, you know, mathematical computing and things like that. But that was my first taste. But again, I didn't know technology or what coding or software development even was. So I don't think I even really knew what I was doing at the time. Right. Then kind of fast forward, like a year and a half later, I took like an intro to programming in C++ as an elective for my math major, not even thinking it was anything relevant to me. I was just like, okay, sure. I'll check the box. I'll try to go get my A, whatever. Right. Right. And I remember going to the first day and I cried, dude, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, what is this world? Who are these people? Right. What is this teacher saying? I do not get these jokes. I don't know what an OS is. I don't know what a database is. Oh my God. I was so stressed. I I stuck it out because I'm Uh, let's say motivated, let's not say stubborn, (laughs) but (laughs) I stuck it out and I learned so much and I thought it was again, so fascinating. And so that was my first taste of what I could use my interest in logic and not even math. Cause you don't have right. to be good at math to be in tech. Right. But just using that desire to kind of be a critical thinker and how I could use that with the skills of a software developer and, you know, be a really happy person and content with what I was doing. So I didn't even get my first taste of like pure technology until college. Hey, this is Nick Frost, founder of newsletters.co, the place to discover newsletters and gain subscribers. Based in Hollywood, you know, a lot of people, one, are afraid to start a newsletter in general, right? Like once you start a newsletter, there's there's a commitment that you're making to the people that become subscribers. And that, you know, it's, it's a full-time thing. Whether you're curating content or creating original content, you have to always be producing. So that's a barrier because it's, it's hard. Substack is really interesting. It's opened the doors for a lot of people because there was also a technical barrier to starting a newsletter, setting up a landing page, setting, you know, getting familiar with MailChimp or other email service providers. But Substack has made it really easy because you can just sign up for an account and you already have a newsletter, essentially. You just have to write some content, press send. So I think it's a really exciting time for newsletters. But I also think that, you know, other platforms, MailChimp, ConvertKit, tons of other ones still have a lot of potential and, you know, they shouldn't be overlooked. And walk us through, like, can you give us some of your accolades of why you are the newsletter master as well as, yeah, why would we go to newsletters.co? Yeah. So uh, some of my accomplishments, I would say, are, you know, my first newsletter startup list. I grew that from nothing to 15,000 subscribers, and that actually led it to being sold to Mattermark, where I got hired as their first marketing hire. And on day one, I filled out my benefits paperwork, and Danielle Morrill, the CEO, said, okay, send the newsletter. I really didn't know how it was structured, what was going on, how to do it, but I wrote it and I pressed send. So from that day on, for nearly three years, I wrote this daily newsletter. And I grew it from roughly 5,000 subscribers in the beginning to over 110,000 subscribers three years later. And a lot of that, you know, was basically built on working with the community as a partner in the newsletter creation. I needed to, you know, invite them to contribute to the newsletter so it would help me curate it with quality content. And I think that's part of the secret of what the Mattermark Dailies, you know, magic was is that 
the community felt like they had a voice in what was being published because every day I would say, if you have content to share, or if you have any recommendations, feel free to reply to this email or email me directly, you know, 10 to 20 people per day would send in quality content. And I would go through an editorial process of picking and choosing what can we feature? What do we have space for, you know, or if it's more in depth, uh, content, then I would work with them to develop it into a blog post and we would feature that blog post on, you know, and so it turned into this community driven, community curated publication, uh, that actually wasn't just me. Is there a particular platform for newsletter distribution that you recommend? We evolved from MailChimp at Mattermark to SendGrid and then finally settled on HubSpot. I think, you know, starting in the beginning, choose the platform that's easiest for you. Maybe a little bit more technical. So you could use something like uh, SendGrid. If you're savvy with marketing tools, then you can use MailChimp. If you're just starting out fresh, I would say Substack. If you're a platform that also deals with sales and sort of if you're thinking longer term and you need CRM capabilities and just more data, I would say go with HubSpot. But it's really determined on, you know, what kind of newsletter are you creating and, you know, is it tied to a specific business also or is it just personal updates? And how about the infamous ConvertKit? Any thoughts on ConvertKit? Yeah, I don't have any strong feelings either way. I mean, I think, you know, Nathan is Nathan Berry, the CEO and and their team, like they're doing a really good job of, you know, creating a platform that is usable. You know, they're always making improvements. They just created paid newsletters as a product. So you can have subscriptions and different, you know, payment options. There's pros and cons to every email service provider. It really just depends on sort of what you're comfortable with dealing with. I think once you start with an email service provider, you kind of just get comfortable with that and, and deal with the pros and cons that it might have. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.